Welcome to the Unscripted Authentic Leadership Podcast, where we are seeking to lead change while also seeking to understand. I am your host, Lafayette Lane, joined by my co-host, John LeBron. And this week, we are joined by a special, special guest, Chris Whitlow uh, from Whitlow Nation. And hey. uh, we're excited <laughs> to have him on as our guest this week, joining us again for our Rise Up series before we get into the topic we want to thank all of our supporters those of us those of you that have been watching uh, from day one or those that have just been recently joined the unscripted crew we thank you we appreciate uh those that have subscribed to our youtube channel there at unscripted authentic leadership those that are following us on our facebook page unscripted authentic leadership you can also follow us at on instagram at unscripted leadership and also those that if you do not want to watch um, the podcast you can listen via uh, any major podcast platform you can stream us from apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, stitcher and also on buzzsprout so all of those that have been supporting us again we say thank you as I mentioned, we are not uh, by ourselves this week. Once again, not just myself and John, but we are joined by a special guest, uh, Chris Whitlow. Before we get into the topic, fellas, how's everybody doing? Doing good, man. How about y'all? I'm good. Having a good day. Yeah, man. Going good, man. Thanksgiving in a couple of days. And yeah. Facts. I'm excited. <laughs> so definitely excited about that, man. So listen, man, let's get into the episode topic um, this week. We want to uh, introduce our special guest, Chris Whitlow, and our episode topic this week is started from the bottom. Now I'm here. Hey. And so, Chris, we just want you to kind of introduce yourself, man, and tell us a little bit about who you are and tell our audience where you come from and what you do. And after that, we'll get into the story of why you're here and why you are a candidate for the Rise Up series. Chris, right. tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Well, like he said, my name is Chris Whitlow. Um, I'm a Detroit native, so uh, born in Michigan and grew up in a military household. So we bounced around to different states and things like that. And we moved to Dayton, Ohio in 2010. And so I have been in Dayton, Ohio since, and I also do music. I'm a Christian artist, and um, yeah, so that's a little bit about myself. Awesome, awesome. So you do music and uh, Christian artists. Now, what, what genre specifically are you in? <laughs> so I, I do, do mostly Christian rap, uh, but okay. I just always say Christian artists just because if I want to branch out into you know a different type of genre or something like that i have room to do that but still a christian nonetheless so absolutely absolutely very now, talented for anybody who's listening we'll, we'll plug his stuff later but very talented for real yeah Thank definitely you. we uh, have your instagram and your youtube information that we'll plug there uh for the listeners so they can go check you out man, hey. Listen, man. We, we brought you on so you can share your story uh john came up with a brilliant idea uh, of the Rise Up series, and uh, basically, it's where we're interviewing individuals um, that have been knocked down by life uh, but have picked themselves back up. And we want to hear those inspirational stories so someone else can glean 
from your story and know that they can make it through anything that life has may has thrown their way. And so, man, we want to hear a little bit about your story. Kind of share with our audience, Chris, and, you know, uh, share as much as you want to, bro. And this is a feel, this is a safe environment. And so this is family, your mug's family. And uh, share your story, man, so somebody else can be motivated, inspired, and so they'll know that they can make it as well. Absolutely. And feel free to, you know, chime in if you need me to clarify anything as I go along. So, of course, of course. Um, but so I just kind of give you all my musical journey and how things have transpired. So um, I, you know, graduated high school here in Dayton um, and I went to Beaver Creek High School and I was actually an athlete coming out of high school. So. I originally wanted to do sports. So when I went to, um, I ended up going to Wright State. I wanted to do football, but you know, they obviously don't have a football team. So uh, just in order to, you know, kind of maintain that that close bond, you know, with the athletes and stuff like that, I thought I would do athletic training. And, you know, I thought that would be cool. Um, however, when I got into Wright State, my mind just, it just wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? I was a class clown, you know what I'm saying? So my mentality uh, going into college was much of the same as it was in high school. So I just thought I could goof off and still get the grades and things like that. But my performance in college was so bad. I got kicked out my freshman year for bad grades. And so that just kind of, you know what I'm saying? That hit me just different because I was never the type to make bad grades or anything like that. So it was just definitely different for me. And then I ended up going to Sinclair for a year and I got back into Wright State. And when I got back into Wright State, that's when I first, you know what I'm saying, felt the unction to want to do music. But I felt it was, you know, like too far fetched of a thing to accomplish just because society says you have to get the four year degree. That That's the blueprint to be successful. And so because of that, I kind of just kept trying to trudge along in school and I knew I wanted to do music and I also had a slight entrepreneur feel to me too. So I was thinking, hey, if I do business management, I can you know, have my own business with the music, put two and two together. I don't need a record label or something like that. I can just, I can be the boss man and kind of go that route. But I got into accounting, business statistics, economics, these were my classes that I did when I got back into the right state. And so that just threw me for a whole trip and I failed and got kicked out again for bad grades. And so I'm starting to feel like a uber failure just because I, I've just never that up until that point, I was probably the most adversity that I had experienced. And so being on my own, it just hit differently for me because I really didn't know how to adjust to, you know, the circumstances that life was bringing me. And on top of that, I was working at uh, Chick-fil-A. I had worked there for five years and I had moved up one time into leadership. So I was already in a leadership position and I was trying to move up again. And they weren't really rocking with me with moving up to the next leadership position. And so that was just frustrating. And I just had some other things going on too, you know, just things in life. And so uh, I just wasn't coping correctly either. I was still kind of, uh, I grew up in church and things like that, but I 
it was more of a religious thing. It wasn't necessarily a relational thing. And so I just thought it was something you do every Sunday. And you know what I'm saying? That was really it. And so when I was getting hit with these different things, instead of going to God, I started to turn into drugs, uh, just, you know, smoking, drinking, just doing stuff like that. And on top of that, I, like I was having sex, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Um, I had like met some girls off the girls basketball team at UD. And so, you know what I'm saying? I was bagging them and I was feeling myself, you know, I really, I thought I was, I was, I was like, this is the light. This is what it's supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? But those things really weren't bringing me happiness. It was actually probably leading me on a more downward spiral than I really expected. And so, um, I took a year off from college and I'm like, you know, let me, let me focus, you know, let me really dig deep and see what I want to do. Cause I still had this burning passion. Like every day I woke up, I'd be like, man, I just really want to do music, but it just felt like there was a roadblock to where I couldn't really, you know what I'm saying? Chase that. And so I took a year off, got back into school again, cause I, I just didn't feel confident in chasing music. And I remember I was talking to my parents one day and I was like, y'all, like, what should I do? You know what I'm saying? This business management thing ain't going to work. This athletic training, it's not going to work. You know what I'm saying? Help me out. And they was like, well, you know, your mom's a teacher. I'm a teacher. So you'll be a teacher. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. Like, I got to be a teacher, bro. So uh, I was like, well, what's the easiest thing that I could do? You know what I'm saying? Uh, academically. So I, I was like, physical education, you know. Doesn't say gym teacher. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like I could hoop with the kids, no papers, you know, it's about to be turned. But uh my first class was like it just hit me differently. We were talking about drugs, like we talking about heroin, meth, just a bunch of off the chart stuff for real. Just you know, if you have a kid or something that's on that type of stuff, you know, it just prepares you for how to how to deal with it but for some reason i'm sitting in the class and i'm like bro i'm really trying to do like all these drugs for real like just because i was really hurt and i was still hurt that you know I, now i'm seeing people on social media they're graduating college and i'm still technically a freshman sophomore in college you know what i'm saying so it seems like people are progressing but i've been stuck for the past four years and so i just really got into just a bad space and was still coping negatively and I started getting depressed and what made it difficult about my depression uh was like as a black man I feel like you can't really well during that time it felt like I couldn't really tell anybody what was going on just because it it just it wasn't something I was really talked about you know what I'm saying it was it, if you're a christian you know what I'm saying it's a it's a prayed out situation or if you don't have that um religious background, then it's just, hey, you know what I'm saying? Suck it up. You know what I'm saying? Just be a man. That's a part of the life type deal. But for me, like, I don't know. I just I just didn't feel like I had nobody I could talk to. And then um, I remember I talked to my friends about it one time and they were saying how uh, they was like, you don't know what real struggle is type deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we grew up with single parent. We grew up in single parent homes, like, you know, stuff like that. So you don't really know what struggle was. And so that really, I think, actually plummeted me deeper because it just made me feel like I was alone. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. if for like my friend group, I just looked at it as like, you know what I'm saying? If y'all my friends, like no matter what I'm going through, you know what I'm saying? Help 
pull me up. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm going to help pull you up, even if I can't identify or relate 100%. Mm-hmm. And so um, just long story short, I kind of got like a plan on how to like commit suicide. And the night that I was going to do it, I just ironically hung out with one of my friends and this was a female, but she was still like super cool. She, she was a big believer in Christ, you know what I'm saying? So she was actually super helpful. And I remember I was just telling her bits and pieces of stuff that was going on in my life and things that I was struggling with. And she had actually like tried committing suicide like multiple times, but you know, by the grace of God, like she's still here. And so, you know, she said, well, you know, I finally just told her everything. I was like, look, your, your little advice ain't helping. Like, this is what's actually going on. And so she was like, wow, like, that's crazy. Um, so you have two choices. Like, you could either go to your parents' house and tell them what's going on, or you could go to a hospital and tell them what's going on. But either way, you got to tell them what's going on. So I was like, me and my parents, we really didn't have that good of a relationship. Like, um, like my senior year of high school, into college, me and my dad, we were like fighting a lot, like arguing a lot because he had to be, he had been deployed um, like my sophomore, junior year of high school. So I, I was really kind of, I don't want to say I was, I was like the man of the house, you know what I'm saying? I was the oldest. So it was weird having to submit to somebody who had been gone for a while. And so we were arguing a lot. So I really didn't feel like I could tell him or my mom, cause I just feel like they're like, Oh, they just would have freaked out. You know what I'm saying? So I went to the hospital and just while I was there, I was like, you know, God, like if you're real, you know what I'm saying? I need you to, I need you to prove it. Otherwise, like I'm going to just be right back where I started wanting to commit suicide again. And so when I got out, um, one of my friends, he hit me up and he was just telling me like, Hey man, you know, um, I heard what happened. Uh, let's, let's hang out. So we started hanging out and, I promise I'm gonna bring it back around with the music. It's just this was this was the this was the backstory that that got me to, you know, being in this lane. So we hung out at the University of Dayton, and we went to some gas station. And he was talking to the lady. He's like, "Hey, ma'am, how you doing? Do you need prayer for anything?" And I just looked at him weird because, like, I thought Jesus and God was in four walls of a church. You know what I'm saying? But my man is actively out here on the street and it was just different. You know what I'm saying? I had never seen nothing like that before. So I'm looking at him weird. And he was like, hey, do you need prayer for tea? She's like, my ankle hurts. Uh, Like, can you pray for her? So she comes around the counter and she like sticks her ankle out. She's like, boom. And then my friend was like, pray for her ankle. And so I look at him super sideways. I'm like, pray for her. What, bro? Well, I, I just, this is the same day I got out the hospital. So I'm. I'm puzzled because I'm just trying to chill. I, you know, I'm just trying to have fun with the friend. You know, <laughs> you want Chipotle in a nap, right? <laughs> seriously, seriously. So <laughs> I put my hands on her ankle and I like pray for it, and she's like, she starts like yelling. She's like, oh, like my ankle, and I'm like, what? And she said, it feels better. And I just look at her like, you lying? Because like I had never, number one, I didn't feel nothing happen. You know, I. I just prayed. And so she was like, it feels better. She starts jumping up and down, trying to test it and stuff. And I'm, I was like, oh, okay, well, we got to go, man. This is weird. And so um, long story short, I keep seeing stuff like this post-hospital. Like there was a day where um, 
I went to a gas station and God asked me, or God, I heard in my head, like, ask this lady if she draws. And I had never heard nothing like that in my entire life. So I asked the lady, I'm like, hey, do you draw? And she's like, how do you know that? I was like, God, like, I'm, we, we lost together. You know what I'm saying? So I, I was like, God, she said, yeah, I, I gave up drawing a year ago because, you know, my friends and family, they said it's not possible. You know what I'm saying? So she just gave it up. And I said, do you have any drawings or anything like that? She pulls out a picture of a guitar. Like it looks probably, it looked this real. It looked like you could play it off the page type deal. And so I'm like, well, I think God might be telling you, you need to keep drawing. You know what I'm saying? And so all of this keeps happening. Like just different scenarios, boom, bap, bop. And then every time it would happen, God would, he would ask me, am I really it? Am I really it? You know what I'm saying? And so um, that that shook me. That number one, it just let me know that I had purpose and that God really cared about me and he wanted, um, he just had a purpose for me wanting to live. So even if I didn't have a degree, you know what I'm saying? Even if I didn't have the best job in the world, like he had purpose for me. And then on top of that, the friend that I was hanging out with, he ironically did music as well. He was a rapper too. And so we had started, we were hanging out just a bunch. Like he just really cared. You know what I'm saying? He didn't want to see me die. So we start hanging out a lot and we start, we writing a lot. We, we wrote out a whole project and the first single we put out, it got like 1500 views or something. And to the normal person, you know, they probably thinking that's not a lot, but for me, I was shook, you know what I'm saying? Just because for the first song I put out, it got that much traction. You know what I'm saying? We, we didn't have the best quality or nothing like that. We, we put our heart, we put maximum effort into it, but we didn't have no record label behind us or nothing like that. But for that to be the first song, it was just amazing that it got that type of response. And so, um, that just really, that really blessed me. And on top of that, I had, I wrote a song a couple weeks after I had got out the hospital just because I just had people telling me like, hey, you're not going to be able to keep up this Christian thing. Cause I, I let certain people go once I got out the hospital for a while. And I say, cause I just wanted to get focused. And they were like, yeah, hey, you're going to be right back with us doing the same thing, going to strip clubs, drinking all this stuff. You're going to be that guy again. And so I was just kind of writing my frustrations out in a song and like that song actually reached the the ears of a mainstream artist a couple years ago and i'm not going to say the name because i'm not allowed to at this time but they were a legit like big mainstream artist and they were they wanted to collab however they had a relative that they wanted me to put on the track as well in order for me to work with him and i didn't know that guy for real and when he came to the studio we didn't have a a real good connection. It wasn't any beef or anything like that, but it just didn't seem like he was as invested into the song as I was. And it meant a lot to me that song did just because of the, the place that I came out of. So that didn't work out, but um, just the scripture, God will put you before great men, you know what I'm saying? Things like that, that really slapped me in the face because it's not, it's not even a Christian artist. You know what I'm saying? This was just a basic like mainstream artist. And so God was just really like, hey, you know what I'm saying? I got you and just keep doing it my way and we're going to get there type deal. And so um, that's just kind of the backstory. And 
I just put out a project a couple weeks ago, actually. And what blessed me about this one was I God told me I can't put it on streaming platforms. And so, you know, I'm like, bro, what? Every artist puts every project on streaming platforms. That makes no sense, my guy. And he's just, I was, so we were battling back and forth because I, I, there, there was two options. Either I'm not hearing God correctly or, you know, I'm crazy. I It's one or the other, you know? And so I just, I give it a shot. I say, hey, you know, I ain't going to put it on the streaming platform. So I'm going to just put it on YouTube. And he said, just ask people to put, like, put their money where their mouth is. If they want to support, you know, ask them, give five, $10 or whatever, right? So I have 12 to 13 people cash at me the day I, I put out the project. And I'm just shook because just as a normal artist, in order to monetize, you you typically have to be that guy that's getting a hundred thousand streams or you know so, some astronomical number just to profit off of the work that you put in or to see some real return. You know what I'm saying? And right out the gate, I had I just got blessed with like a lot of money, and so I was I was shook. This was the first day, like thirteen people cash at me. And then the next day, I had left to go to a meeting, and I come back to my apartment, and my roommate said, "Hey, um, someone knocked on the door, and they gave you this card." So, you know, I'm like, "Okay, thanks, bro." And I open up the card, and it had a hundred dollars in it, and they were like, "For the project." And so I'm just shook. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, "Okay, okay, God, you real?" You know what I'm saying? And I'm not crazy, so it's a double win out here. And it actually helped me pay for my rent just for the situation that I was going through at the at that moment. But he was he told me, he said, uh, if if you didn't do it the way that I told you, then none of this would have happened and you would have been in a tight space. So that's just kind of the background and still obviously just working on marketing the current project and just working on some some new stuff as well. So man, okay, so you Went to college in Lafayette, jump in wherever you want. Failed two times, right? So double yeah. failure, right? <laughs> and that's totally fine. I I uh, I failed lots of classes my freshman year too, but mm-hmm. I don't know how I stayed in. So you're you, you know we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah. My very first class was a chemistry was a chemistry class, and I got a D in that class. I, don't, I guess that's not a fail, but it pretty much is in college. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, um, I'm, I I wrote some things down, so if I'm looking over. Um, Heck yeah. And then failed out twice, kept trying. But it seems to me that a lot of the, a lot of the stemmed from trying to follow the direction that others thought you should go. Yeah. Right. And yeah. To be quite honest, it probably wasn't God's plan for your life, but some well-intentioned people thought this should be your direction. Right. Yeah. Something like that. Absolutely. And led to obviously uh, when you're not walking in purpose, you typically can people can often feel um, very empty. Right. If you're out there and you're listening, um, when you when you if you keep doing what you're doing every day and you feel empty at the end of every day, it's not (laughs) there's a good chance you're not walking in purpose. Um, You're not walking in what you're supposed to do. It shouldn't feel that hard. Um, I'm not saying there's not hard days, so don't have a bad day and say, yeah, I should quit. This is what, not what God wants for me. 
Right. But certainly, um, you should know that you're in the right, going, the, walking in the right direction. Um, let's see. And then you end up hospital hospitalized. How, and how long were you in the hospital for? I was there for a week. A week. And like, so just curious if somebody else has something similar, I'm, I'm really glad your friend gave you that advice. Did you just go to like a regular hospital? What kind of what hospital do you go to for that kind of thing? No, nah, I was in a, a mental institution. I can't even remember the name of it, but I really was. <laughs> no, and that's okay. I was curious. Yeah. The thought came to mind, like if I had a friend going through something similar, where would I send them? And I thought, I don't actually know. Uh, yeah, so I, that's what I'm saying. Like, do they just go to a, like a regular hospital and they have like an area for that, or you just it, looked it up? It's like a unit for people that are going through that, and then there's also this is the same spot, like people who are hallucinating things like that. I was in. It was probably low key a psych ward, if I'm being real. So I understand. I, yeah, but they they will help you with with that same ish situation though, right? Mm-hmm. And did you feel like it helped? I think that not to be hyper spiritual, but I think it was the catalyst to get me the true help that I needed, which was a relationship with God. Okay. So, Good, Perfect. I, I did want to say something that you had said that, that jumped out to me. Um, Cause you had mentioned how you were in a place of depression and you didn't feel as a black man that you could communicate that because culturally um, in the black society, it is looked down upon or you are deemed upon as weak. Mm -hmm. Um, If we admit that we are in some type of mental traumatic state. And I think that that is a, a false notion and that couldn't be further from the truth. And it, it brought to mind uh, one of the episodes that we did previously on leadership, we talked about this term called a circle of safety, that every leader needs a circle of safety around them. Basically, what that is, you have people around you that are not not just invested in what they can get out of you. They're not leeches, um, people that are not just around you to get and um, to to take withdrawals and never deposit into you. But they're there to provide offense. They're there to provide uh, guidance, instruction, they're there to uh, keep it real with you. Steve Harvey uh, says something very powerful um, that if you look at your five closest friends around you, you can tell where you'll be going the next to five, ten years of trajectory of your life. Yeah. And I think John had even alluded to that, um, that there were people around you that sometimes we don't realize that um, the people that are around us can sometimes have the greatest influence on things that we naturally wouldn't even do because you had alluded to in your story. You said, you know, you weren't even that type of student to get bad grades. Right. You weren't that type of guy to get um, in those type of environments. But sometimes when you get around the wrong uh, circle of safety, uh, you can get around wolves instead of around people that have your best interests at heart you'll find yourself in situation and places and circumstance that you normally wouldn't find you in simply because of that influence. And influence is absolutely real. Peer pressure is real. Uh, I like to say that God created us to be thermostats and not thermometers. Mm-hmm. So uh, those that set the temperature, not, uh, not those that are guided by others that set the temperature for their lives. And as John said, uh, 
if you're walking around feeling empty, you're not really walking in purpose. So I think that even though you have like a roller coaster story, there's those ups and downs, those ups and downs, as we talked about last week and even the week before leading up to it, all of those failures weren't really failures. They were failures in your eyes and, and other people may have deemed them as failures and mistakes, um, but all, it was really just pushing you um, to your purpose. If all of those things wouldn't have happened, would you really be in the place that you are today? Right. I don't believe so. Um, because you brought up the scripture about um, that God would bring you before great men. And I said this last week, I alluded to the scripture last week, um, that we know that all things work together for our good. And so not just the good things, but the bad things, the ugly things, and all of those things. And some of those things that you mentioned, somebody may watch this podcast and say, oh, that's not true. You know, somebody getting prayed for and their foot feeling better immediately. That may seem outlandish. Um, but there's one thing to say that um, you don't believe someone because you heard it, but you can never deny someone's experience. Exactly. So, you know, no one can take that truth away from you, man, because that's something that you have experienced. John, what did you have, bro? Hey, I love I love your story. I appreciate you sharing this with me. I know with us in the audience. I know it's not always comfortable. Well, yeah. for you, I think it is comfortable because you're comfortable with it with yourself now, which is really good to see, right? Yeah. Um. So many people are so afraid of failing because they're they're not comfortable in their own skin, and they just uh, they feel like they're worried about you know they're worried about their Instagram stories, and um, you know you had mentioned something and you said um. It was basically about how you went to class and you were just looking basically get back into that bad association at first. Um, and, you know, bad association, we've done episodes on this, are like crabs in a bucket, right? They say if you stick one crab in a bucket, it crawls right out. If you stick multiple, none of them can crawl out because the other crabs always pull it back in. Right. Um, and it's a true fact. Um, that's bad association. They don't push you up. They keep you down, Right. How did you get out of that association? So, so many people listening, we've all had bad association. I remember, you know, um, in college, I don't feel like I had bad association. I just had a, a lot of just kind of mediocre associations, put that way, right? right. Um, like good, good people, good friends, but I wanted to go, um, I wanted to go and do other things. You know, I was always interested, interested in being an entrepreneur and things like that. And everybody else is like, why don't you just do school? You know, and I did school, but I wanted to be something different. And at the time, it was weird to be an entrepreneur. And uh, now it's popular. But, um, you know, everybody's like, I don't think you should do that. Don't throw your college education away, things like that. And I remember breaking away from them quietly to go and focus in other areas because I got tired of combating the naysayers. How right. did you go uh, get away from that bad association, you know, and start in the in in addition to that, how did you, how did you seek new association? Right. Well, I guess I do want to say that the people, I don't think they were necessarily bad. It was just the things that we were doing together weren't the best. But I think the hospital was really just kind of God's grace in resetting me and allowing me to have that space to you know, go a different way. And on top of that, my friend hit me up the day of the day I got out the hospital and he told me, you know, let's hang out. And then it was more so on his end with just being intentional with hanging out 
and we keep seeing stuff over and over. So that that just hyped me up. And I, I hey, we got to hang out again, bro. We got to, you know, it it just felt beyond me. You know what I'm saying? So I wish there was a there was a formula, but no, it's perfect. Yeah. So it's this is perfect. So you had great association available, right? Like we all do. Most of us do. But before you're talking about how some of your friends are like, you'll be back, we'll be smoking together, stuff like that. But uh, God basically made aware, hey, you have some great people over here that love you. Mm-hmm. And then you you spent time with them and then you loved that. And so basically you went back to that association repeatedly and you didn't necessarily tell your other friends, hey, get away from me. You just kind of quietly don't hang out, right? With anybody bringing you down. Um mm-hmm. And that's a lot of people's situation. It's not that you scream at them and unfriend them all. Um, yeah. Cause apparently that's a terrible thing to do these days. Yeah. Um, just unfollow. If you're listening, <laughs> unfollow, they won't know. Right. I um, love he might've did something along those lines. Yeah. But, yeah. But you're fine. <laughs> and everybody's on a different level. There's people in your life. You have to completely cut them out. It may be intentional and it may hurt their feelings. And you just have to say, I don't care. Those are, that's the, really extreme that's the family who are just terrible that we all have a few of those you're like i cannot do this i can't go to your house on christmas anymore and you're just gonna have to know um but then there's there's always you all have the family where it's like yeah they don't love what i do but i can hang out with them on a weekend sometimes it's fine um but right but then you have the other great associations like your friend who you're praying Mm -hmm. with at the gas station who more importantly was just showing you that he's walking in a purpose yeah. Um, and um, and then you continued that association, which I'm, I'm, I assume you agree with, um, made you feel better and helped you stay the path that you felt like you should. Yeah. And I want to make a point to that because that's actually super good. The the person that came in my life, he's not the type of person that I would have hung around. I would have considered him mm-hmm. not cool. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I, I, that's not. I just thought he was weird, bro. You know what I'm saying? But uh, it, it's, it's, it's it's difficult, you know what I'm saying? Because the group that I was hanging out with, you know, I rocked with him heavy. That, that was my group. You know, we had did life together, even coming out of high school. But so it is hard to pull away. And especially when it seems like the circle that you go into is weird or not, not cool. You know what I'm saying? That's that's really a thing, unfortunately, that, that people still think about. So... You just have to be willing to to break away, and you the that saying where it says doing the same thing repeatedly and expecting different results is insane. Right. You know what yep. I'm saying? So sometimes you do got to try something different, even if it does look weird. Yeah, people. There's a lot of good intentioned people. Yeah. But the thing is, they what they don't. The reason they don't like what you're doing is it makes them feel uncomfortable. That's why people push back on it. But anyway, Lafayette, you were gonna say and something. I, right. And I think that. Uh, where I believe that God will give you people for your life. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is that there are some people in your life that are seasonal. You have to recognize that there was a certain group of people in my life that were in my life for this season. But as I transition and I go from level to level, God will always give you a group of people that are going to match each destination that you are going on into. And that's just how it is. I mean, think about it. There are people that we grew up with and we thought that we were best friends in the fifth grade. And now that we're in our 20s and 30s, uh, 
we don't know where those people are. Right. We, we graduated high school with these people and they were there for that season. But as we transitioned, as we matriculated and we matured, as we went on, your circle of friends should change. And that should be a good thing. We shouldn't be trying to hold on to the old um, group of people and connections and relationships because that is a clear issue that we are not growing. If your people of uh, the sphere of influence is not growing, and if you are the smartest person in the group of people that you are in, mm-hmm. and the group of people that you associate with and that you connect with, they don't challenge you to grow, something's wrong. You're not growing and you're mm-hmm. not moving forward. And so with each level, there's going to be that growing pain and that circle of friends and that circle of influence and that circle of safety will always shift because you're going to a different season. Mm, that's so good. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, heat up. Spot on. Mm. Yeah, bro. Nice. John, did you have anything else? Chris, did you have anything else? I did have just like a word of advice, I guess. Go ahead, man. Just as we were talking. So I think a lot of people, you know, might be in that same situation where maybe they have an idea of something that they want to do, but because of their surroundings and the things, the elements, the things that they face with, they might not want to break out just because of fear of those different obstacles. But I think you just really have to, to trust in, and it's so hard, but I I believe God real. So you gotta, you gotta trust in God that, you know, he's not going to give you an idea that, you know, for no reason, you know, it's, especially if it's concrete, you have some foundation, you know, really, really try that and just don't, don't be afraid. You gotta, it's your life at the end of the day, you know, and as much as we want to make other people happy by doing what they want you to do, it's not always going to work. Sometimes the best way to, you know, make people happy is by doing what you, what you want to do. And, I guess I'm looking at it from, I'm looking at it from multiple angles, but um, I don't know. I guess from a maybe a parent perspective, like parents just want to see you happy, you know, successful, even if it's not what they intended. You know, as long as you're walking down, you know, what you wanted to do, then I, I don't know. It's really hard. It's really hard to articulate, but. I think that's what I'm trying to say is, you know. Yeah. There's never been a better time that I can think of than for people to pursue something that they're passionate about. Let's be honest. Most people are stuck in their house. You don't know what your job is going to do over the next six months. You may, you may, it may go great. You may get canned. You don't know. The longer pandemic goes, the longer, the bigger chance there is for a big crash. I mean, you just don't know. It's too much uncertainty. And the fact is, is so many people live their life on an old on an old thought of, you know, if you don't go to school, get an education and become an accountant, you're a loser. Yeah. Um, and let's be honest, I've never talked to an accountant who loves what he does. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying I'm not. Down, I have lots of accountant friends, lots of engineer friends. Right. And, yeah. and I was in I went to engineering school and dropped out of it to do something else. And I remember every, and the thought was, wow, I can use, do something with my hands. I can be creative. Every engineer was like, I'm good at math. I wasn't. But, uh, and I can be creative and use some of my ingenuity to design things. And they get out of it. 
They go get a job somewhere, and what do they find out? That they're writing reports and putting data in Excel sheets for 40, 50 hours a week. Right. And they start off with a decent pay scale, but then it eventually caps out pretty quick. And while they're in middle-class America, they're just not happy. They just meander for 35 years, right? And then right. they get done, and they tell their kids, well, what should I do, Dad? Like, well, what I did is this, mm -hmm. and you can do that too, right? Right. Like, okay, dad, I'll do that because I want you to be proud of me. And and I get it. We mean so well for our kids, but we do the same thing with our kids all the time. We do it with sports, right? I'm not the put my dad kids in Olympics, dad. I love sports. I love <laughs> coaching my kids. My daughter is a bruiser. She does really good. She's only six. My son is the best teammate anybody's ever had. He's just not the best player, right? He's I'm nine. Weak. I love him so much. And he is so enthusiastic. He practices, but he's tiny, right? Yeah. He just is. Maybe it'll change for him, but he's the guy that wants to chest bump every touchdown. He wants to, you name it, right? Plays flag football, lacrosse, anything. He'll play anything. Mm -hmm. And he is the hardworking kid. He's just not going to play in the, any Super Bowls anytime soon. Um, now, maybe it'll change. I don't know. He's only nine. I'm just saying, you know, right now he's just he's just that guy with all the heart. Um, yeah. But I'm cool with that, right? But so many parents out there, you're trying to like your goal. I heard Will Smith say this once. Your goal is to be the gardener, right? All you need to do is set the um, – is uh, make sure the soil's right and make sure the environment is right and let the plant be what it's supposed to be. Hmm. It's not there for you to turn a cucumber into to into a tomato. Okay, that's not <laughs> your job. That's good. God has a plan for everybody, and you need to follow it. Unfortunately, yeah. so many of us start off doing what our parents have told us to do, and our friends tell us to do, or what life tells society says. This is what a good, successful person looks like, and this is not. Well, it's time to scrap all of that and everybody to start just following what you're good at. This never been easier to make money doing whatever the heck it is you love to do. Let's be honest. I mean, right. you can love something and make videos on online and people will start buying it. Mm -hmm. So anyways, yeah. sorry for the rant. That also brought up that purpose doesn't always look like a career either. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, once again, don't feel like you need to put yourself in that box just because just fear what other people are going to say. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know what that venture would look like for said person, but you know, don't just don't limit yourself. We, we were all created for purpose and on purpose. You know what I'm saying? And so Absolutely. just whatever that is, you know, I just really, I'm pro chase them dreams. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and people will never be satisfied in whatever you do. So you got to do, you got to go after it, mm. go after your vision, go after your purpose. And you know, God gave you something to do. If God gave you an idea, people are not always going to go with it. When God told Noah to build a boat, people was looking at Noah like he was crazy because they had mm. never seen rain before. Mm. Nowhere in the scripture do you see that Noah was a craftsman. He didn't know what he was doing. He was following what he heard. And so that's what we have to do as leaders, bro. People are not going to understand, but in the end, they will get on the boat. Dr. Henry Cloud said, you have to be able to face losing some things in order to do the right thing. If you can't, you're stuck. That leads us to our read of the week this week, necessary endings. And how ironic, that's exactly what we've been talking about for the past 10 minutes or so. Uh, this mm -hmm. book, 
by Dr. Henry Cloud talks about uh, necessary endings that we all have to go through in order to excel and to keep going in life. And as leaders, uh, whether it be myself, John, or yourself, Chris, and those of you that are watching this, and those that you are that will listen to this, um, if the pandemic hasn't taught us anything, uh, there are some things, there are some uh, people that we've lost and uh, that we wish we had back. But there's also to a sign to this that there are some things that we needed to lose. So when we do come out of this, we can go forward and be better. And sometimes God will put you in a situation that if he had not, if he had not put you in that situation, you wouldn't have to let it go. Uh, so, so sometimes the situation forces you to be in the place that he needs you to be so you can have that necessary ending. And it's not really a period. It's just a comma. That necessary ending is leading to the next chapter that will be the greatest chapter in your life. Listen, this has been a, another episode of the Unscripted Authentic Leadership. We thank God. We're appreciative of our guest, uh, Chris Whitloving on. We want you all to definitely follow him on his Instagram page at Whitlow underscore nation. That is at W-H-I-T-L-O-W underscore nation. And also his YouTube channel there is Chris with a K. K-R-I-S Whitlow, W-H-I-T-L-O-W, Chris uh, Whitlow. You can follow him there on his YouTube channel. And as always, we definitely want our audience there here at the Unscripted Authentic Leadership Podcast to continue to support us, follow us on our Facebook page there at Unscripted Authentic Leadership. And also you can follow us on Instagram at Unscripted Leadership. Those of you that will uh, consume your podcast via streaming. You can find us on any major podcast platform from Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Buzzsprout, TuneIn, and etc. Those of you that are saying, listen, man, I've got a story that I want to share. I want to be a part of this Rise Up series. If you're interested in being a guest for our Rise Up series, feel free to email us at unscriptedleadership at gmail. You'll see that on the screen. And those of you that are listening to this, it is at unscriptedleadership at gmail.com. That's where you can email us, unscriptedleadership at gmail.com if you're interested in being a guest for our Rise Up series. Listen, this has been another exciting episode of the Unscripted Authentic Leadership. And as we always, when we wrap up the end of the episode, we are here to build bridges and not walls. Bridges connect and walls divide. Until next time, I'm your host, Lafayette Lane, joined by my co-host, John LeBron, and our special guest this week, Chris Whitlow, wishing you a happy week and a happy Thanksgiving. Until next time, God bless you.